hey guys, it turns out that corporations can be evil, and even the one that said it wasn't going to be evil, they took that out of their out of their dogma, and now they're going to be evil again. So we talk about Google and Amazon, and then for some reason, a company that isn't so evil anymore, Microsoft. I'm Tim. I'm Mitch. I'm Jason. So, like, remember, remember when Microsoft was the evil empire? Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, every, every, like, everyone used Windows, but, like, everyone also shit on the company that made Windows. They're like, fuck them, they're so popular. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I grew up loving Windows. Windows is great. I mean, I did too, but everyone everyone was like oh my god how how dare you try to charge for this product that i like like that was the controversy right was it i think the controversy was that that they were undermining competition by having a built-in web browser and that was like undermining netflix because netflix not netflix netscape for you kids out there not netflix don't 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 get mad at me um Matt, <laughs> didn't they file a suit? Yeah, probably. Wouldn't so Netscape, like the people from that is what turned into Firefox, right? Yeah, inevitably, like same workers or something. I don't know. But what was the decision back then? Because they didn't get broken up. They just got fi- heavily fined, didn't they? Hmm. Netscape or Microsoft? Microsoft, because they, they, they did lose the antitrust suit, didn't they? Let's That's a see. good question. Microsoft, Netscape, antitrust. Here we go. Blah, 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 blah. Blah. There's a lot of shit here. Okay. It's a big-ass Wikipedia page. <laughs> but I, I swear to God, they just had, they got fined. Let's see. Fined. The fines, restrictions, and monitoring imposed were not enough to prevent it from abusing its monopolistic power. I don't know what the hell that means. So did they win? I think that's what that means. Sounds like they won. They reached an agreement with Microsoft to settle the case. The proposed settlement required Microsoft to share its application programming interfaces with third-party companies and appoint a panel of three people who would have full access to Microsoft systems, records, and source code for five years to ensure compliance oh my god they got off so easy yeah yeah so you know we the entire all of pop culture loves reboots right so we're doing it again it's time time to reboot antitrust lawsuits again except this time it's google style yeah but then you were telling me another article is saying it's the other it's the big four though as oh, well yeah well so the only one so far that they've actually from what I've read so far is the only the only one that they've actually uh, announced that they're starting the investigation is on Google. But apparently this article claims they have like information that the Justice Department and the FCC is like splitting up responsibility for investigating Facebook, Amazon, Google and. Uh, that's it, right? Wells. Yeah. Just those three. 
it's funny because we were talking like Microsoft is not one of them anymore because Microsoft isn't the evil empire. No, they're not. Kind of crazy. They're all they're all being the good guy now. They're like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna embrace open source. <laughs> so like, who do you think is the most at risk? I'd say Amazon is. They have the biggest. They have so much shit. They have everything, right? They have AWS. They have well, Twitch. They have storefronts. They have they have their own advertising company. They have their own streaming service, like. Oh. Like it's it's sort of interesting because the whole thing about the antitrust is is whether or not they're creating a non-competitive environment. I think is the primary concern. Yeah. So like, I, like I don't think just by virtue of a company being in a lot of different businesses, that is not what triggers the fact that it's like an illegal mon- monopoly or whatever. It's more like if they're if they're doing shady shit to keep their themselves dominant in whatever industry they're in. Which so, are they? Uh, yeah. I mean, for Amazon, um, I don't, I don't know. I think they've, they've done such a good job with like AWS is the only one is the only one that I can think of off. Well, one of it, two things like I can think of offhand. It's like AWS and then their actual like, store service. I think the biggest thing on Amazon is the is how they have a marketplace. You know how you how on Amazon you're not always just buying from Amazon as a store. You're also buying from third party sellers, right? Yeah. Right. But they also have their whole Amazon Basics brand, which is competing with the people who are who they have opened up a store to. Which is kind of a conflict of interest, right? Um, I've heard, I've read some things where people are already kind of thinking that that's kind of shady. I'm not, I'm not sure if that verges onto the illegal element though. What well, do you guys think? I mean, stores have been doing that for years. And if they come down to, on Amazon saying, no, you can't create products that are your own brand and sell them, then okay, so we can't have Kroger brand inside of our fries. We can't have Kirkland brand inside of Costco. Can't have Insignia inside Best Buy. Like every single retail store does this. I'd be good with the last one. Insignia kind of sucks. Well, yeah, but like (laughs) the the Amazon basic stuff isn't the greatest stuff either. It's cheap, plasticky, you know, products that if you need something small and stupid uh then okay cool yeah like i got an uh amazon basics ipad ipad stand because i just wanted one for my desk and i wasn't about to spend 40 dollars on the 12 south nice whatever premium apple product bullshit that they sell there i'll i'll spend the nine dollars on the on the uh the amazon basics one but yeah that like just because you offer that product i i don't necessarily think that them offering having their own products like that and offering those cheaper ones is necessarily getting into like that competitive thing unless they were doing well something that makes it to where you can't buy other people's products or something like that so now i'm gonna i'm gonna play devil's advocate on it because i i tend to agree with you except for except for one piece though um so if i'm if i go to a grocery store imagine if the imagine if our grocery store 
is the Kroger, for instance, in a, inside of Fry's or, or a Kroger, depending on where you live in the country, um, is they have their Kroger brand. Imagine if you went into the Fry's and there's just like one shelf and the products are brought to you based off of what you say you want. And the first thing they show you when you say you want something is their Kroger brand version. So they're kind of like they're uplifting their own product. It's their marketplace and they're making it so that their product shows up first in the searches. Is See, that but problematic? I don't, I don't think so because I you're inside uh, Kroger. It's expected. It would be different if because I think where you get into the antitrust issues is not what you're going to buy when you go when you go specifically to that store. But if Kroger like when you when you think about um, city planning, there are certain zones and areas that are zoned for commercial businesses, right? And if every single piece of land that was big enough for a grocery store, if Fry's or Kroger was like, okay, yeah, we're going to go into this new, we're going to go into the city of Phoenix and we're going to buy every single piece of land that has a grocery store on it or every single piece of land that could fit a grocery store on it. Then you're, you're causing issues with you know, not allowing other people to compete. But when you're inside its own marketplace, like at that point, you're, you know, the other, the other brands, when you go inside of a Kroger might get pissed off, right? Shamrock might be like, Hey man, you know, what the fuck? Why aren't you, why aren't you promoting my milk? But I don't think that's going to give you a, right? Like, but that's not, I don't think that's going to give you a, like a, a an issue with monopolizing the grocery industry you're you're already in the grocery store like at that point you've cho- you've chosen to go to Kroger and so if they promote their stuff they put all of their on sale items that are Kroger brand at the front of the store right when you walk in like well then that's what they choose to do with their storefront yeah i could see that now what about what about AWS like is AWS to the point where like they just they're so good at this that it's a problem? Kind of like how um like how Bell was with telephones. Like they were just the first people who did it well. You know, it's a it's a weird conversation to get into, right? Because we are in this world of of American capitalism. And in my mind, the way that I see businesses, you know, fail or succeed is a business comes out and they and they put out a uh, a product, and either people buy the product or they don't buy the product. And if you have a successful product, then it's very likely that you're going to shut out the rest of the market, and not because you're doing anything nefarious or anything, right? It's just that's the way that the market speaks. It's the same reason why we don't have, um like a lot of the different types of uh, cars or, or like scooters and stuff like that on our, on our roads. Right. Cause the market for it isn't here, but you don't see Peugeot, the European car manufacturers coming over and being like, Oh, I have an antitrust lawsuit against GM because GM provides most of the parts for GM and GMC and Chevy and, and all that. Right. like, that doesn't happen. 
let me ask you guys something because I I'm not sophisticated enough for any of this stuff. But could some of the privacy concerns that all four of these companies participate in be involved in this antitrust thing? Is that something that could be filed? Is that even in the same realm? Because I've seen some articles mention that. Yeah, and you know, I like in my eyes, I think the antitrust kind of comes into play when you look at um, like Chrome, Google, their internet comp- their internet browser Chrome, and their um, their hold basically on the ad uh, marketplace of of uh, ad revenue and everything, Google AdWords and whatnot. And like just recently, they Chrome said or Google said that they are not going to be allowing ad blockers on Google Chrome anymore unless you're an enterprise customer. And that to me seems like super shitty, shady. I get it. I understand why they're doing it. They get most of their money off ad revenue. So like, I totally understand. Uh, but it's like, it it they have taken their market share right they've they've taken their web browser they've grown it to the point where most people use it and then they're doing shady shit of saying hey no you can't have uh an ad ad blocker on this browser anymore because we want the ad money if they'd come out five years ago or however long ago 10 years ago whenever chrome came out and said we're just not going to allow ad blockers then people wouldn't be using Chrome, right? right? So they would have never gotten to the point that it is today and it wouldn't be an issue. It's an issue now because they've gotten the market share and now they're making the decision. Dude, I really, I really wonder. So once they, they flip that switch and all of a sudden people go to the internet and it's the terrible place that it actually is without being filtered by ad blockers, like I, like I can't imagine you they wouldn't just lose like a huge chunk of their user base like overnight. I mean maybe. I I'm curious to know how, I want to know actually how many people and I bet Google has this information. Uh how many people actually have an ad blocker installed as a Chrome extension? I imagine just the power like, users. Right? Like me you uh me you Tim you Jason like we're all, you know, computer savvy and power users and everything. And and so we know what we're doing, but that is definitely not the majority of people. I mean, the majority of people are mobile too. Yeah. Right. Which is the total, which is a different thing in my mind. I thought mobile blocked ads by default. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's terrible. Oh. (laughs) But you can get Firefox for mobile and you can install ublock. Yeah. That's freaking sweet. Makes you can also install Brave, again. and Brave well, just blocks I, them by default. I'm not. Here's the thing, too. Like, uh, I'm a big YouTube person, and I don't. I guess this doesn't count anymore because I pay for YouTube Red. But before I did that, if I I had ad blocker on, if I met, if I went to a YouTube channel that I liked and I wanted to support, I just I just you know manually whitelisted it. Now Google wants to take that choice away from me. If you know, if I went to a right. a, a, a news site that I I I liked and I could trust. The reason why I ha- I started getting ad blockers back in the day is because malware would come in through fucking advertisements. Yeah, and it would be like, like drive-by malware yeah. too, where you just all you had to do to get hacked was to load the page. Yeah, it's 
bullcrap that that is a pro- like wasn't there a big one that went through uh one of the smaller ad sites where they literally had their their network was hacked or some crap i've i've was like, malware has gotten through on edwards before uh yeah. I know this because I worked for a company where I was AdWords certified and that shit happened to a couple of our clients and it became a big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the problem. And, you know, in terms of your comment about power users, Mitch, like, you know, even my, even my, like, elderly father has an ad blocker on his computer and not because I told him to. Um, you know, anecdotal information, but there it is. It's, I, I think a lot of people use it. Like, uh, does, does Google post like their extension download rates anywhere? I think you can actually check it on the Google extensions page. Let's see. I think I'm pretty sure they have their, I know, I know Firefox has that, but you're how many people have downloaded it while he looks it up. Your argument was though, that basically they're pigeonholing people into using their or advertising services by viewing them if they use their block their browser so that could be cause for concern which i that sounds logical to me is that what you were saying well i was saying that they they came out with chrome and they like the what appealed to me with chrome over when i first started using it you know way back when um was that they released it as the lightweight super fast um user friendly with you know different kinds of customization on there that with the extensions everything like that that made it easy to use and everything uh and i and i liked it i you know i would install uBlock or ad block or whatever it was called uBlock is now but it was ad blocker block chain something way back when and um I don't know. It was just it was just easy to use and everything like that. And then like I feel slowly as the years walk as the years kind of went by, it kind of got a little bit worse and worse. But the point I was making earlier was that it they released it with like the intention of being a really good um, a really good web browser to where they grew their market share. And now that they've grown their market share and made the decision of you know, and gotten their name out there as like this user-friendly application and everything like that. And now they're making it to where like, oh, hey, by the way, this thing that you've been doing for the past however long, I can't you. do it anymore. Yeah. We want your ad revenue. Like we know we control the ads. We control the browser. We're tired of people blocking our ads. Like this kind of crap is exactly why open source like has existed, right? It's just like, oh, well, sweet. Like we have another choice, <laughs> right? Well, and so that's the that's the thing, right? Chrome is based off of Chromium, which is open source. So you have browsers like um, Brave that has ad blocking built in. That's based off of Chromium. Uh, you even have the new uh, Microsoft Edge, the development build. So it's not out yet, but the newest one that will be coming out is based off Chromium as well. So all the extensions that you could use in Chrome, you can use on those browsers as well. And you don't, it's the same browser. It, it looks almost identical. When I've been, I just switched over to Brave to try it out. It looks almost identical. Um, so like switching over was super easy. And 
it works basically exactly the same to where, oh, I don't have Chrome anymore. Okay, cool. Well, I'll just go to the open source alternative that they released the source code for. So whatever. Right. Did you find and, statistics on what you're yeah, looking at? To answer at? the question, so uh, Adblock Plus, which is by far the most popular one, has, claims they have over 500 million downloads. Uh, Ublock, they don't actually say on their page, but it says, like it, it says 10 million plus users. So I think it was like the number, there's like 2 billion Chrome users in all, I believe. So is that, you're getting those statistics from their websites? Uh, I'm getting it directly from the Chrome extension pages. Oh, okay. Okay. So like they have a thing for how many, how many active users there are and it caps at 10 million plus. So both Adblock plus and Ublock origin both say 10 million plus. So less than half. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Definitely. But I, you know, if half of, I think that they would, they would rethink their decision if they lost half of their user population overnight. It probably wouldn't be all of them, but like, even like, I don't know, like, do you think that they would stay the course if they lost like 10% overnight? I don't know, man. That's a good question. Because like, I feel like that like 10% loss in user base is a pretty freaking big deal. Especially if that, because the 10% loss in user base, they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to find other products that they like, and they're going to start telling their friends and like, you're going to get the exodus that happened with Internet Explorer, right? Yeah, I guess the question is, what does Google really care? Because it, it's not like they make money off of Chrome. It's free. Well, yeah, but they, they get data to sell. That's true. They get data to sell, and the whole thing, like if they, they get to control the, your web experience, they can, they can make other things happen, right? Um, they can start trying to push people to not to do things other than get ads. I don't know. Have you ever other Google services that do end up sending people towards ads and getting data and all that? Well, funny thing though. So like we also upload our podcast to YouTube. Have you ever used YouTube and not a non Chrome or Chromium browser? If you throw it into Firefox and you go to YouTube studio, it always yells at me to use Chrome. (laughs) Or if I go to our channel page, it's like, Hey, this looks better than Chrome. Whoa, Chrome. So mm. thing. thing grow. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I guess they want they want all the all that data. That's a good point. I didn't think yeah. about that. that well, that's what they uh, a lot of people. We don't realize how much money these companies make off selling our fun data. That's why I was curious if how the companies are handling our data is also a part of this antitrust. And I can't find the article where it's, I read that or maybe I read it from a Reddit comment. I don't fucking know. But I was wondering if that might also be on the table for this this thing, and if that would even you know would count. Probably not, but you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. I hope you. I, I hope so, because I don't get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it'll be it'll be interesting because I think like people who actually keep up on news and stuff. Like I was, I have been a Chrome user up until like last week, because. I, it's just been the thing that I've used ever since I, I switched from Firefox like f- 
five years ago because Firefox at the time was starting to have that crap where it just where it was just being slow. They had gotten lazy and all that shit. But um, I switched to Chrome and it worked really better, and I've just been happy ever since. But you know, if I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna use the internet without an ad blocker. I'll just put it that way. Like I, that's insane. Like the kind, the way that they do ads on websites nowadays is just shady, aggressive, and ridiculous. So I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. Not doing that. Not surfing that kind of internet. Well, the good news, Tim, is that you don't have to. Uh, it is good news. Go buy yourself a Raspberry Pi. It's like thirty bucks, forty bucks. Install Pihole and uh, connect it to your router. Make that and then have yep. Then have all of the ads blocked from the get go, and you don't have to install any type of uh, browser extension or anything. So here's my question: So Pihole intrigues me quite a bit, and I assume you could probably do that same thing with any any other random uh, piece of hardware, right? Because it's just a DNS server that's blocking stuff. Uh, yeah, now it, it was originally made for, um, the Raspberry Pi OS. Oh, okay. Raspbian. Um, but they've since extended it so you can install it on Ubuntu, uh, Docker, Fedora, um, uh, OS. So, hey, yeah, that's pretty sweet. So one of my, one of my questions about that then is so if you're blocking it at the DNS level, so you know how you have these like, um, like Hulu, for instance, their lowest tier has commercials with it. Will those commercials not play? You know, that's a good question. I I don't know. I don't I don't that's watch like, anything on Hulu right now, so I'll have to test that out. Yeah, because that's like that'd be pretty cool. You're spending like because it's eleven dollars versus five ninety nine for their no commercial version. Now Otherwise, I know service is exactly the same. At one point in time, I did have an ad blocker installed when I had a Hulu subscription and there were two things that I saw happen. There was one where it would go to a screen every time I tried to play an ad and it would, the, it would just get kind of stopped and it would give me a message saying, you need to remove your ad blocker. Um, Cause if you can't play ads, then they're not going to play the video. And then a, a little bit later or a different period of time, I don't remember if it was before or after that, uh, they would still have the time allotment there. The ad wouldn't play. It would just sit at a black screen for the 30 seconds or two minutes, however long the ad plays. And then it would start playing the show again. Yeah. So I I didn't get the ad, but I still had to sit there. Yeah. My most recent experience was that where you just have to sit, which honestly, I would rather sit with silence than not have an ad in my. Oh, really? Yeah. Because like all they do is play the same ad. Okay. My biggest problem with TV ads is Hulu is TV ads versus like the other terrible internet ads. It's a whole different thing. Like my problem with Hulu ads and just TV ads in general is that you have your TV show playing at one volume and then they take the decibel level like up by 50% when they start playing the commercial. And it drives me crazy. I hate it. And yeah, like, I don't know. You're just like, oh. <laughs> You're watching like some movie where the main character just dies like, oh, no, Jerry, Jerry. 
Bye, oh, butt butter. Oh, it's time to buy detergent. <laughs> Lather your butt up with butter. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not yeah, a fan I, of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious what would happen if you have that at the at the DNS level because you could. Uh, because the problem is like if if you're playing like through a Roku, like obviously you don't have you can't install an ad blocker on a Roku or a Google Chrome or a Chromecast or whatever. Yeah, well, the, this, this is a good experiment. We'll have to test it out. I'm gonna, yep. I'm gonna try it. Look for our findings on that next week. I want, I want to ask one more thing about this antitrust thing. So, like, apparently, like, a ton of what was it like, like, 130 billion was knocked off between the four companies. So, our, yeah, our investors scurred. What do you think about that? Yeah, so you're talking about people selling off all those stocks. So, like, really, yeah. it's really. Functionally, what's happened is all of the is the market is pricing in the risk of what if you know Google, Facebook, and Facebook and Amazon had to like have big lawsuit settlements. Uh, so so which means that they'd have less less revenue, so therefore the price of the stock should be lower. So that's really all that's happening. I mean. If you're someone who owns that stock, you probably had a bad day, for sure. Oh, but um, and the problem is, since those are big companies, their stock going down is also going to drive like other related stocks down, just because people get into a selling mood. Crazy. But I think, like, because that's. That's how much they went down just by announcing that they are doing an investigation. Like, imagine what would happen if all of a sudden they were like, yeah, like it, it was if it was like the worst case scenario where they find that Amazon's a monopoly, they need to be broken up into different companies in order to continue to operate. Like, it'd be crazy. It'd be a wild ride. I doubt that would happen. It might be good for people that are wanting to get into investing. <laughs> right? If you're, wanting, if you're wanting to get into investing, like, unless, unless you have lots and lots of money, you should just buy mutual funds, in my opinion. But it's, it's hard to uh, diversify your risk if you just have a little bit of money. Nah, man. A uh, little bit of money, all options, all the time. Go ham. <laughs> yep. YOLO it. Uh, Reddit, Wall Street bets for financial advice. Yeah. So what that is called is that's called gambling. And I actually think that's really gambling is really fun, but you should go to Vegas and we'll put all the money on red at the roulette table. And I feel like you'd probably have a better chance. So the other ex-evil empire is not being so evil anymore and they're they are taking jabs at the new the new wannabe evil empire epic games the evil epic empire the one that's already falling apart before it starts yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah so microsoft came out with some news they're doing they have like a couple things right so they're doing an xbox game pass for the pc which is pretty cool. But they also came out basically saying that the new Halo game is going to end up on the Steam store right away, right? Yeah. That's very dope. 
they said any of the any games that they release for PC are going to be on Steam and not just the Windows Store. Yeah, which is awesome. Or more specifically, they said gamers should have the ability to choose where they want to buy their games. As a little little side jab to Epic. Little shots fired to the Epic Game Store. Mm-hmm. Oh man. And oh, and the other thing is their Microsoft store is now going to support Win32 apps instead of the Universal Windows platform apps, which is actually a huge deal. Because I will because like just a regular develop a regular uh developer, why wouldn't you just put your game everywhere that you have the ability to put your game, right? Um up until now, most most games are written as Win32 apps, which uh I don't know a way to do an analogy for that, but like it's it's just the normal way that people make games. And so now those games can actually also be on the Microsoft store. Microsoft is giving up on their forcing everybody to be on this new universal windows platform thing. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, Cause they, I mean, all this, all this came as like a pre-announcement right toward to what they're going to be announcing next week at E3, which I'm kind of excited for. They said something about like 14 different first party titles and that doesn't include any of the third party titles. I mean, I guess they're going to be going pretty, you know, pretty big uh considering they're really the only publisher that's going to be there this year. That's so that'll I, be kind of nice. I think that might have been an oversight honestly by the people who just decided to not go. I think Microsoft's going to fucking own it now. Yeah. I think it's going to be good, but the thing I am a little curious about from what they said the other day was their Game Pass for uh PC announcement, right? Because while I approve and I am 100% down for uh, the game subscription things, uh, you know, EA has it and everything for a bunch of their games. And if you can get Microsoft games on day one launch for new games, like that's awesome. But the Game Pass that they currently have for Xbox, I remember getting that, uh, you know, subscribing for like a, 14 day free trial when Sea of Thieves came out, however, a year ago or whatever. And uh, that was on the Xbox Game Pass, but I could still install Sea of Thieves on my PC and play it through the Windows Store. So if the Game Pass that is that exists today works on both platforms, what does it mean for one that is specifically for PC? Ooh. You think it'll you think it won't be cross compatible anymore? I don't know. I it the way that they said it made me think that there's gonna be a game pass for PC and there's gonna be a game pass for Xbox, and if you want both, then you have to pay for both. Which kind of sucks. See, I mean it kind of sucks. I would I would be cool with it if the if there's some kind of different value proposition for the one for the game pass for PC. Like it's games that are like PC centric or a different list of games or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess and you're saying that as a reason to have both. A reason, I mean, a reason why it would be at least more okay to have both. Gotcha. Because like 
it it's obvious it's a play it seems to me like it's a play towards people who are exclusively PC gamers. Like I don't know. It's it with I would I would think that they would have some kind of like they would have like different games available on that. Or maybe like it could honestly like what if it's just marketing like it's just PC or Xbox version and it just it's the same thing they've always sold they're just marketing it differently now. <laughs> I mean, that could be right. Like the game pass that exists currently, there's, I don't think I remember ever seeing anything that said it would work on windows store games. I just, I was like, Oh, I wonder if this would work because I can play it on Xbox. And then sure enough, it did for sea of thieves. So maybe they are just selling the same thing and it's just a marketing because a lot of people just don't know that it it can work. And if they're going to come out and say, Oh yeah, you know, here's a bunch of PC games sign up for our Xbox Game Pass, people are going to be like, why? I don't have an Xbox. I want to play on PC. So I can see some confusion there, and I can see that re-market branding for the same product. They should have bulldozed their way into the PC game store and kicked Epic out of it. Because doesn't Epic going to be running that this year or some shit? Uh, they are They either sponsored or running, yeah, the PC Gamer yeah. uh, thing from the PC Gamer magazine. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, uh, someone had commented to me like that I was like a Steam fanboy the other day. Just to let everybody know, I also am a big fan of GOG and Microsoft. Like, I GOG just had their summer sale, and I bought like six games. So I like companies that aren't fuckheads, like Epic, like Epic or fuckheads. So I just want I want to clarify that. So don't be a fuckhead, and I'll give you your money. You know, and it it kind of sucks, right? Like as far as Epic's concerned, because I feel like. I want to like Epic. Uh, they they give you uh, you know decent prices. They try to do some good shit for the customer. They 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 do a free game every month, right? Uh, and I want to like them, but then they keep I don't know doing things the wrong way, I mean, <laughs> and it just kind of sucks. They keep doing things that are so <laughs> unlikable. Damn it! Yeah, keep being fuckheads, and it ain't cute either. You know, you can be a dickhead and be cute about it. it ain't yeah. cute. Not cute. But yeah, Gog's having a fucking fantastic sale right now. I got uh, Pillars of Eternity, Dead Fire, all the DLC for twenty nine dollars. Pretty good. Saying and then. Like we announced, did we announce last show about their what they're doing with Gog Galaxy? I think we did. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Their their one one launcher to rule them all. Yeah. Well, they they announced what they want to do. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that it. goes. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, people like Microsoft and and Gog are giving me hope. When you you know I that's one thing I, I don't like about since like we, this podcast is about these kind of now become about these big companies because we were talking about Google and Microsoft and, or, and Apple and all of them. It's like, just do good to your customers, dude. And people won't, people won't be so mean to you. Like, you know, like Google, don't stop ad blocking. You're being, now you're being a dick. Now you're being an epic. It's going to work now. <laughs> and when you have arguments with your wives or boyfriends, you could say, honey, you're being an epic. You're being an epic <laughs> game store right now. Yeah. We're gonna make it a thing. Yeah. Like they're like, what? What does that mean? And like means you're being a bad person. <laughs> Stop being an epic. 
Not being an epic. Don't be an epic. You so. ten cent piece of trash. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I am a little bit more excited though for E three now that Microsoft's gonna be having a good show. I wasn't so much because all the big players are pulling out and uh, like for example, Bethesda announced they're not gonna talk about their two biggest games that are gonna come out by the time I'm forty five years old, so whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I won't care at that point. I'm like, oh, I got I don't want to fucking play that. By then, I'll be so I'll be like just playing old games, and I'll I'll pass the point of no return where I hate everything new. Right, you'll just be like by the time I'm 45, I'll be I'll be the guy that just sits there and plays uh, Civ uh, that what Civ eight. I've been playing playing WoW Classic for the last seven years. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! They've they've wiped the Burning Crusade server four times, and every time I start over. It's always a warrior, a night elf warrior, every time. I've done those entry quests, I don't know how many times now. No, no joke, though. I honestly won't. Like, was that Belgular guy was talking today about the Todd Howard interview? Um, And that uh, it sounds like... uh, Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six are going to be live service games, so fuck that. No, See, I don't, you. I don't have a problem with live service I, games I, as I long do. as they do them right. They didn't, but they never do. Well, I mean, they haven't yet. They never will. <laughs> they can't. They can't get it right. So, okay, but how how would you define a live service game, real quick? Just, I to me, a live service game means it's it, in some way like online only or has some sort of online DRM and it only releases in, in pieces. So I would almost consider the FF seven remake a live service game because we're only getting a quarter of the game when it first comes out. And then we have to wait for the other halves. But isn't that the same thing with like, like every MMO that you play? I like, at, so this, this is going to piss you off. I hate those models. I actually wish they'd burn to the ground and die. I've hated really? them. I I hate I hate the fact that I can't go pack. I can't go legally play Azron's Call ever again, which was one of my favorite MMOs ever. Growing up, I can't legally go back and play the Realm. I can't legally play any of the text mods that I want to. If I get caught and get sued, yeah, I hate that. Well, model. okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> I so, fucking hate that model. But they're. There's, I think that's two different things that you're talking about right now, right? Like, that's is, but that they're they are considered live services, and as soon well, they're and they still hold on to their their what, trademark or copyright. And as soon as the servers go down and they catch wind that uh, Shadowbane is another big one, man, would I love to play Shadowbane again? And there was a there was a big um, private community of Shadowbane players, and Ubisoft fucking nuked them. Okay, yes, but you're the problem that you're describing now is that. Uh, a game that came out that is that requires a server somewhere else to play, and I don't think that's like that. I think usually happens with a live service game, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's a requirement for a live service game. Well, no one's not had that requirement yet, though. So, and I don't consider DLC to be a live service model because DLC is still an offline component. Okay, so a live so in your mind a live service game 
all of, a, all of the like games that exist that, that use that terminology are online games of some sort or have some sort of online connectivity required. Hmm. Okay, see, and, and for me, like when I think of a live service game, I, I think of like a DLC type model, but where the DLC is like it's not necessary it, it it's timed release and it and it kind of comes out and but it's like a different model than dlc i guess i don't know maybe so i'm that's, just thinking about it they wrong. don't they don't they don't label them that way so live service is an anthem or fallout 76 and specifically now what they've adopted is you pay the one price and you get all the dlc for free but here's this fucking cash shop that's what they right been, yeah Right. So, I, I okay. I, I also but, hate the subscription model. I hate online only. But they could do, do the I, same but, exact thing without it being an online game. Like it's Sky, if they made Skyrim, you know, for Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Six, the same type of game as Skyrim, and Skyrim had DLC. But the difference between uh, the Elder Scrolls Six is that you don't have to pay for the DLC, but there's a, there is a cash shop to get cosmetics or whatever, but it's still a, I think that's when you, the worst, but I'd, I'd rather have curated content that I can choose to pay for and not have to have to worry about the creation club, for example, because that's what they're going to use. I guarantee it. That's their beta test is the creation club live service model. So then mods are going to be lesser and less for sure because now they'll be I, paid mods. Yeah. But I guess my point is if I'm paying for like, if I can play the game, if the game comes out and I can play it because I install it and it's not connecting to an on to a server, but they're still going through and providing content for it outside of it, then in my mind, I'm happy with that model because nobody's I, done, nobody's done that offline though. Just yeah. because someone hasn't done well, it doesn't mean that they can't do it. But they do, they won't do it because they don't want to see the power away. That's what I'm trying to say. Well. I mean, you, you give too much benefit of doubt when here's what the reality, the reality is, is no one's done it yet and they keep doing the same thing. So you're like saying, I wish this existed, but it, the way the way it exists right now is buy game season pass DLC. Right. That's and I, don't, I hate, I hate that model because that's not even an offline experience. I, I don't Destiny like 2 of, has DLC up the ass and Destiny none 2 of it's is considered online. a live service game though. But it's not. See, I, I don't know. Well, okay. I don't know if I would consider that a live service game though, because in, in my mind, a live service game is something where they provide your, you have a cash shop and then they're providing the they content for you. Right. But they're providing the content over the course of the expansion and the payment for it is via the cash shop. The cash shop that they have in destiny is like secondary the content that's being provided over the course of the expansion is DLC that you have to so, pay for separate. According to Wikipedia, we're both wrong. So live service games <laughs> have microtransactions, season passes, cloud gaming, game subscription services, and game su subscriptions. Those so, are all considered live service games. Is there anything that's not a live service game anymore? Yeah, then? so let's just nuke the whole thing and start over. I mean, so everything's a live service yeah, game. I mean, so I, why are we then? Why are we having? Why is this term "live service game" just now coming up? Is I guess my right. my bigger question because then, it became because a publisher had, buzzword. It's not even a descriptive term though, because it just applies to everything. Like every single game has cloud services associated with it now. You know, 
Well, and so in to like to go with the point that I was originally trying to make with WoW Classic, WoW Classic is a live service game, right? When when it first came out in two thousand four or whatever, and then when it's coming out again in August, you have the subscription fee that you're paying every month, and you're getting the content that they come out with over whatever however long they decide to release content for you know, three or four major patches, you know, per expansion period for the retail game. That is the payment that I'm, you know, that, or that is what I'm getting by paying the monthly subscription fee. Now, whether or not that subscription fee comes in the form of a monthly payment or a cosmetic shop that I pay for, like either way you're paying for it, or or I guess DLC, like either way you're kind of paying for it, but like, I don't, I don't know. It, I've never had a problem with World of Warcraft releasing content over a period of time. My my my. If you remember back in the original conversation, my root problem wasn't that. My root problem was when they choose to shut it down and restrict your access to something you can no longer play. So while while classic wouldn't have been a thing unless people risen up like they did after the Nostalias thing when the server went down because Blizzard fucking nuked it because they can't, you can't play the game as it was legally. Yeah, you can. You can do you, it you, legally. No, you can do it legally. You can, you can by, do it now. By owning, no, by owning the game, by owning the game disc. So if, and there I, was if a, I set up WoW on my own computer and play it by myself, yes, it's legally. But you, you, you understand it's a weasel argument, right? Well, I'm just saying it's a weasel like, argument. It, it's an ar- it's it's true. <laughs> it's though. a weasel ass argument, and it it, it doesn't it doesn't re- remove my point that live service games when they shut down, you you are your access to them are gone. You cannot play them as you remember them. That's yeah, my, but that, that's I mean, that, my big problem you can, with that. That's an argument that you can make for almost any game. You can really? never really you can never really ever play a game as you remembered it. Sure, I can. I can go back and play Ravenloft, which is a 1994 game, is exactly as it was in DOS. Works just fine. What are you talking yeah, but about? Yeah, it's, but it's never about how you remembered it because what changed the, in the gameplay? Nothing what changed in the about? gameplay. So, that can, what what changed is the fact that you've already played it and that your experience playing it is never going to be the same. Also, another weasel argument that has nothing to do with it. I can play well, the it game. Does I can play the game you're as saying, it's, you're I can saying play that the game the as it's supposed to be played. The game but you're is saying not that changed. the experience is the same. You're saying the experience no, of playing the I, game is not. I don't the same. have to go and rebuild Ravenloft's code to play the game as it needs to be. Do you understand that? You don't if have I, to re- rebuild WoW's yes, code you do. to play the game. Yes, you I mean, absolutely you have to spin do. Up a server. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You, the game client doesn't doesn't do all the quests. It doesn't do all the pathing. It doesn't do any of that. That's all handmade by the people who do the service. Have you ever ran a private server before? Right, so you have to spin up your you own have, server. You have Absolutely, to spin it up and then you have to program it. You have to get it the way it was before. It isn't. It isn't just out the door, out the gate like that. They have to. I'm just they have, they it's have to. Oh my God, Mitch, is that's a weasel ass argument, dude? Like there I don't is think no, so. there is no difference in me playing an old game. Final Fantasy VII, the original, is going to be the exact same way as I play it back then as it is now. The game, and, yes. Your experience, no. My experience is going to be the exact same. What are you talking about? No, your experience is not going to be the exact same because it's the same reason why you can go and play Classic again when it comes out in August and your experience is not going to be the exact same because 
what you remember playing and going through that game for the first time or the second time or the third time or however many times you've played it back when you were a kid. When I say experience, I I mean the mechanics are the exact same as they were then. I'm not talking about my emotional experience. I'm talking about the mechanics of the video game. Yeah, but like that's only half of you playing a video game. The other half of playing a video game is the emotional and and what you feel when you play it. For me, it's the mechanical thing. Is it work? Can I play it as it was then? That's what I'm talking about with live service video games. Also, for example, um, current for a friend of ours uh, also does this too. I have ran a private Ultima online server before, and you have to rebuild fucking everything. Everything. It doesn't doesn't just work out the gate. You have to sure. rebuild it. So that is not the same as playing a non live service game and playing it as it is. It's not the same. Hundred percent not the same. You I'm not saying that it's a same. CRT I'm saying TV, though, if you really like, want it to be exactly the same experience. But the video game as a mechanical piece of software still works the same. Do you guys, do you guys not deny that? Or are you guys like going to jump around and be weasels about it? I'm not trying to be a weasel you about are it. Being I'm making, a weasel. No, I'm <laughs> making the argument that half a, of playing a video game, you play video games because you, no, you play video games really because you enjoy them. You, why do you play a video game if you don't enjoy it? That's if a, you're not going to enjoy that's it, that's not the no, argument because, I'm making, though. You're making, you're making you said the that argument. You that said that you pay a that video okay game for a company to shut down a server and deny you access to it because you can magically load up the client, and then if you want to spend, I don't know, eighty, 80 like half a year to get it running the way it was, cool. That's your argument. So that, you're like defending the corporation here. No, I'm saying that that's a possibility. When you when you go out and you say if a live service video game gets shut down and the servers aren't there, that you could never play it again. That's bullshit. You can't yes, do you it can. legally. You can't yes, do it legally. Can. Yes, you can. If you own the game, if you own the discs, you own the ability to play that game. There was a lawsuit about this. And because someone spun up a uh, Wrath of the Lich King private server because he wanted to play. What he cannot do is sell that private server and allow other people to play on it. But he did win the lawsuit so part why, of it. Why does every single attempt where even servers don't charge people money get shut down? You did not listen to the second half of that where I said he cannot offer that to other people. You said, you said sell specifically. You used the word sell. What sell, you can still sell things for free. But uh, the, point, the point being is if you legally... If you want to spin, spin up a server for a game that you own, so you're okay that the servers with are not lying. Like, I'm, I'm going to use your argument. That, you're okay with the fact that you can't play the game with your friends like you're supposed to. It's the multiplayer game, even though all you guys own the client legally. I'm saying that if I, I don't think it's ever going to come to that necessarily, because if in you know five, ten years from now, if a game is such shit that the company has gone under and has gone down the drain and, and you can't play the games anymore, then I don't want to play that game anymore. I don't want to go there back and play the original RuneScape. There are a lot of people that do want to go back and play the original RuneScape. I'm not one of them. There are plenty of games that are profitable and weren't shit. For example, City of Heroes was a very profitable game and not a shit game, and people cannot play it anymore. Legally. That's a really weird argument, dude. Like, that's not a bad game at all. And it wasn't shut down because it was a bad game. And it was a profitable game. There was people that proved it was profitable, but you still can't play it legally. Well, you, you can by yourself. Okay, Mitch. Jesus Christ, dude. 
I'm just saying you are arguing that this is okay. That's that's what's infuriating about it. No, I'm not arguing that it's okay. I'm arguing it's like semantic. the logistics of the fact that it's yes, you cannot a, you'd be a good you cannot go lawyer. through you cannot go through and say something's illegal when it's not. But it is it is illegal to have a server like you have to. You can't do it. You so can if do I, it. if I do a private net, I'm going to get fucked anyway. So you're saying it's not a single player game either. And also, I want to I want to tackle your argument. That is not a, a shit game, and it got shut down anyway. RuneScape was not a shit game. There are people who like those games. If you want to go back to the emotional experience, yeah, there, there are, are people, people who that like Shadowbane. There are people that like Azure. And there still are people that play RuneScape because they they release RuneScape, RuneScape Classic and they play it again. It. But but right. there are companies, hordes of them. You can't even play the Matrix online anymore legally. That don't allow people to do that. And this is my issue with the live service model. My huge issue with the live service model, and I don't think it's a bad one. I don't necessarily think this is an issue with a live service model, though. Like this has well, separate all, all these games we've been talking, to, uh, talking about were online subscription only video games, all of them. Yeah, but like, what? I don't know. It, it's a it's a hard. I understand what you're saying. I know you I do, and you you like to do you like to run around and defend stupid shit. That's fine. <laughs> well, no, I'm not defending stupid shit. I'm like making sure that what we're saying is accurate because it needs to be accurate, right? So well, I'm not going to go around. What you're saying is you're arguing the terms of service based on real world events. A real yeah. a real consumer of a product is not going to be able to do the things they're going to be able to do to recreate the gaming experience, the game that it was at the time. They don't have the resources and they will never will. And then when a, a bunch of people get together to do it together, because they do have the resources that get fucked. Sometimes. Uh, more than sometimes. Mm, sometimes. More than sometimes. You don't, you don't follow it. Like it isn't just, you always see the, the big ones. You see the wow, uh, you see wow doing it and you see NCSoft doing it. They do it all the time to other old games. Tabula Rasa is another big one. Tabula Rasa, uh, City Heroes. Um, there's a couple other ones too. They got Wildstar just got fucked. By the way, Wildstar opened up private server, fucking nuked it with a hammer. Yeah, I'm. But like, there's a difference between opening a private server and allowing a lot of people to get onto it. And like, if if the three of us want to go back and play, uh, you know, City of Heroes or whatever it was that you know it doesn't exist anymore, and we opened up our own uh, private server for the three of us, and the three of us are you know five of us close people that we know each other went on and played it, we're not going to get shut down by the people, by whoever, right? Because they're like, it's very hard for those kind of companies to find if someone's hosting a small private server. You hear about WoW, right? You hear about the, the classic vanilla servers for WoW getting shut down all the time because you're talking about servers that have web pages that allow people to sign up for them. And here's, here's the old web, the download clients, and here's how you install it. And you have, you know, a thousand of people that are on it, playing it. And people get wind of that because all of a sudden it's getting posted on Reddit and it's getting posted over here and there and everything like that. Right. And so, yes, those ones will get shut down and it sucks because at the same time, it's like, well, I paid for this game. I want to play this game. I don't want to play the new one that you came out with. Several thousands of dollars to play the game, by the way. Right. And so, but those those classic servers also were online for quite a few years of uh, various up and downs, I would say, but they were online for quite a while until most recently when 
Blizzard was getting ready to announce Classic that they really like shut down uh, hard on them because they want people to play their game Classic version, not the one that people had online. But we're talking about big infrastructures of lots of people playing them, not five people, not you and your closest friends wanting to spin up a, a you know a classic WoW server on a computer that you have in your home so that the five of you can play. I still think they'd come after you and you'd have to, you'd have to fight them if they figured out, if they even got it. Because like, for example, in the, in the DAW community and, and the VST community, they send sting operations out to studios all the time. I'm not saying that it happened to you, but if it ever got win, I, I just think the company would be like, well, we got to defend our trademark. Yeah, but like they have, you're right. And the company has to defend their trademark. And the, usually that happens when there are lots of people doing it. Not three guys in a basement. Either way, I, I still, there's a video I'll send you. It's very long. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. The only time he makes a really good argument uh, about gangs of his service being okay is if when the server shuts down that it, they take the extra dev time and apparently they have statistics to say that there's there isn't a lot of extra dev time to make that game to be able to be played like you are saying without me having to go and reprogram so if i want to go play shadowbane by myself then when i load up the shadowbane client that's also being served on my own computer they had they had implemented all the things that were on the live server before it shut down on my client because i still paid for it does that make sense? It does. And and I 100% agree with that, right? So like... But this also goes I, I back know, to my the, old argument. No company's doing this. And I guess my point is just because the company hasn't doesn't mean that a company won't, right? Like just because, you know, with with Destiny and World of Warcraft and RuneScape and everything... Those are all service games that you have to subscribe to and pay for DLC and everything like that. And it all exists on the on their servers. But uh, going back to that, you know. The. Going back to the thing of is what's a games as a service, if a season pass says, you know, if you have a season pass, that is a games as a service. Did. uh What's it called? Did did Skyrim have a season pass? Like Skyrim yeah. had DLC. I'll concede right? you on that, that one. As long as I have access to it, if I pay for a season pass and I get all of the DLC forever and it doesn't get shut down, fine. Yeah. My so problem that's is, my point. My problem is when it's taken away from me. Right. So but that's my point though, right? Like if with with Elder Scrolls Six, every single Elder Scrolls game that has come out has always been a you install it, you can play it. With Skyrim, there's been DLC. So in my eyes, that is a game as a service. But you can install it. You can play it. You can play it offline. You can play it wherever and whenever and however many times you want. So I I don't have a problem with them saying that Elder Scrolls Six is going to be a games as a service, a live service game. Because in my mind, I mean, until they announce something different. I'm going to go off of like, well, this is how they all they've all been. Now, they they could absolutely go back and say, yeah, no, it's an online only game and you have to be online to play for whatever reason, even though it's single player and that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, you know, um, I forgot about this. In Fallout 76 terms of service. And this is this this one actually is going to back up your argument. I forgot about this. 
in Fallout 76 Terms of Service, they say if Fallout 76 ever goes down, they will retroactively make that game single player. It's the See, only, that's, it's, and the that's only a good it's the only one that's ever said that now that I think about it. And that's a super good model to have. That is definitely something that if you're going to have an online game, right? Because I would hate for Destiny, for example. I don't play Destiny that often. I play Destiny every once in a while, but I own it. I don't ever, like, I, unless I go and buy the DLC, I don't really have to spend any more money on it. So if I wanted to log in and spin up a new character and go through and play again, I could totally do that until they turn the game off. Right. And that goes to your argument. I a hundred percent understand what you're getting through. Like I don't, if they ever turned off destiny two and I wanted to play, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to spin up a destiny two server to do it. I'm sure I could figure it out and find a way online to do it and host my own game server and play. I'm not going to want to. And honestly, if that ever came to that, I wouldn't, I'd, it would probably be so old that I wouldn't play it anymore. I would play Destiny 3 or whatever. But having that, you know, having that clause in there, what, what Fallout 76 is doing, if, if you're going to come out with a live service game, which a lot of companies are, and they have been for years, I don't know why we're just now talking about it, right? Stupid buzzwords. But uh, I think it's, have I that think, clause. I think the reason is because of the sheer amount of them now, like games that are traditionally single player now have cash shops. I think that's what people are pissed off about. I don't know. I'm pissed off about it a little bit, but yes, I get it. I can see, I, I, I can see your point on that one. I just don't like it when something's taken away from me. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah. Okay. I get it. I understand. I I agree. What does Tim think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I think the under the underlying thing that like I can see kind of both sides of the argument. I think like the underlying the underlying thing of games about the experience that you get is the idea of like if you're gonna play a game that is a multiplayer game, like you're just and you like you are never going to be able to have the same gameplay experience with that game forever. It just doesn't work that way. My point was that the gameplay is intact. I can just go back and play it. Well, I I would say especially like if you if take Destiny 2 as an example, like I think an integral part of that game is the co-op aspect of it where you have another friend who you can go and play with like his stuff gets turned off and you can't play with your friend anymore. That's not the same game anymore in my mind. Yes, the the actual, even if they allowed you to play it as a single player game or like Fallout 76, if you couldn't play Fallout 76 anymore with your friends, like that's not Fallout 76 anymore. That's just Fallout 5, Fallout 4.5 or something. Well, see, and I guess that that depends on how that works though too right because if you think about games that came out you know forever ago starcraft or uh dial into our friends yeah like uh i'm trying to oh god what was that red alert red alert that game was great warcraft 2 um yeah like there was land connection right diablo 2 uh diablo there was land connections that you could have uh to where why if you have a multiplayer game like that right if fallout 76 servers shut down 
in a year uh, because Todd Howard's like, fuck it, we're done. And they make the game so you can install and play it. I agree with you that it's not the same game as if when you're playing it right now with with all your friends, right? It's It's that same, like the game mechanically is exactly the same. You just don't have the people to play it with, right? And that's where that that's where that uh, how you feel and your expectation and your and how you are when you play the game changes. But if you give it that ability to be like, okay, cool, well, now you're the host, right? And people just dial into you, then there you go. Uh, Diablo three for the Switch. I, I I haven't read anything to confirm it, but it feels this way. Um, when I'm playing multiplayer on that game, uh, I think someone on the, like who, someone, whoever's the party leader, when you do multiplayer is the host of that game. Because oftentimes when I'm playing a game with multiple people, if one person leaves, I'll get a message saying we're migrating to another host, which makes me believe that the host of that game is actually playing on the switch. But that tells me also if Diablo three servers ever shut down, then I should still be able to play Diablo three on the switch with people because I'm not playing the game on Diablo servers. I'm playing it on the Switch. I mean, traditionally that was the case on the older games because LAN was a thing. Right. But so but yeah. that's my point, right? Like if you're gonna take away the ability, like for Fallout, if we're gonna use this as the example, if you're gonna if the servers are gonna shut down, but you're gonna be like, yeah, cool. I mean you paid for the game, here you go. Here's the game of it. Like, well, maybe maybe there's still a way to connect with people and play. Maybe that game isn't as as torn down as you might think it is yeah maybe if you had the ability to host a custom a custom game where you could just play the same game with your friends and they just had to dial into you directly that that seems like a pretty good way it's almost like every game should allow offline gameplay are we back to the starcraft 2 argument yeah because i was i was also i was also furious that land was not in that game well, yeah, it, it was really funny because like they when StarCraft 2 originally came out, like that was a big problem because they would host these huge tournaments and the game would go offline all the time in the first year because it would get DDoSed or the Internet connection at the giant facility would go down or whatever the case may be. And so like you'd have this like really intense StarCraft StarCraft 2 match that all of a sudden gets like interrupted because because whatever StarCraft 2 game ser- game server is now offline or not available or whatever the case may be really dumb fuck them <laughs> i think they actually they finally relented for actual tournaments which is why that went that problem went away how do they? How does that like, work? I think you have some kind of special version of the game client that can connect to like local tournament servers or something like that. Weird. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. You can quote me, but it's probably wrong. It could be right. It could be wrong. Yeah, man. Like it's it it's tough. Like games games as a service like. Also, it opens up a bunch of benefits because the developer is able to do a bunch of like cool, like if we're talking like a developer is actually using it correctly, they're able to do extra content. They're able to support a game over time because 
if we if we think about like if we take like a opposite game like Final Fantasy 7 for instance like Final Fantasy 7 is just on a disc if I want to go and play it on my PS1 it's on four discs it's on four discs it's on a <laughs> bunch of discs I can go and I can plug it in my PS1 I can hook it into my CRT TV and I have the exact same gameplay experience that I did when I played it back when I was a kid right but the the other side of that is that that game never got any updates there was no there was no additional things about that game that got better over time there was no there was there are bugs in that game that never got fixed because Those are features yeah it became a feature because that's how it was like you get these are just bugs and then we never deal with it and i think i would argue that the 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 fact that they are able to update games has also created lazy development cycles because now they like can you imagine a company actually releasing a finished product that looks like Final Fantasy 7 nowadays nope that's that's like, sad it just would never happen because they don't they're like what 40 hours of gameplay all at once fuck that let's release it in cycles ah <sighs> Pretty sad. I mean, I think I think a lot of games still come out with that amount of gameplay, right? Like Witcher Three did. Witcher Three was a was like a diamond in the rough compared to the how people release games nowadays. Skyrim did. No, it didn't. <laughs> Skyrim was a mess. You don't remember? No, I, I I remember playing that game when it came out and had a lot of fun. Oh my god, it was a buggy fucking travesty. It was great. <laughs> I mean. But those are features, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you, you can't, you can't say that. How you can't expect them to come out with a game with that many hours of it and it be perfect if you're not expecting that of people twenty years ago when they released, you know, oh, games on consoles that those, still had bugs. Those, those, <sighs> Bethesda's bugs far eclipse any bugs you used to find back in the SNES, PS One era. Yeah, but is that because, like? I, I mean, I, I don't know what it was like to make games back then, but I have to assume that with the increased technology and increased graphics and increased 3D rigging and all of that, it is harder to make a game. So the potential for more bugs is, uh, you know, is greater. So I, I mean, I would, I would almost argue that the amount of bugs that you get in a game when it's released now would be the same amount of bugs that you would get in a game if the technology well, we have today depends. was around in the SNES days. So Japanese developers back then, I can I can speak from I know this is I'm very knowledgeable on the subject. They had a stringent QA process because back then, um, before the PS2 and the Xbox came out, um, if you were a console only manufacturer or a console only game ma- manufacturer, you had no way to fix your game without a recall. So the Japanese part of of the business was very stringent on their bugs. Their bugs, however, uh, in the West, um, I don't think we were we were as heavy in the consoles as we were in the PC market. And the PC market was has been releasing patches since the early nineties. They've been updating yeah, their I games agree. for a long time. So, uh, what was it? The Bellular guy I was also talking about how QA departments have now been basically abolished. To like to like basically outsource people now because of of the patch cycle. So back in the '90s, when you had a, a a console release, it was only a console release if you were you know Super Nintendo exclusive or 
cross-platform Genesis SNES, you you had to make sure that game was as perfect as possible because if it wasn't, you'd have to recall the game. Okay, so here's here's another question then, right? Because of our patch cycle, to spin this in a good way, you have the ability of saying, okay, we know that there's these bugs. Here they are reported. We're not going to worry about fixing them until a patch, right? Because there's a there's a good chunk of time from when you publish the game to where it gets printed on the on a disc and it gets shipped out to your real retailers and then it goes live to be sold. So all of that time from when that game is, you know, released into a disc form and sold to the customer, you have to go through and make day one patches, right? Yep. Um old developers in the 90s didn't have that luxury because they would have to recall the game in order to get a new version. If you're a console only developer, yeah. If you're a console, right. So uh, let me pose this question to you. How much more content could there have been had developers uh, not focus on tidying up their games, but instead said, okay, we know we're going to have this three-month block that we can tidy up our games here. There's a bunch of bugs and stuff that we can fix in this part. So instead of spending three months right now tidying it up, we'll spend three months more developing a little bit more story or a little bit more content or whatever, and then tidy up the bugs afterwards. Like I almost think that that like, yeah, it leads to a little bit more bugginess, but I would almost say that it it might lead to more content right now. So I don't think more content often is often good if that makes sense so but well, i agree with you depends on the content yeah. right i agree with you <laughs> but um what happens is is the perception is was this supposed to be in the game already or something like that or i don't know i don't know where i was going with that yeah i mean like well i mean i, I get it right i think i i think i I'm picking up what you're putting down, right? If you have this entire storyboard and you have this main story and you kind of have like all these little side stories that you want in the game, but you have to cut things to make sure you get it and done in time. I would think that that happened a lot more back then where they're like, okay, well, you know, there's this side quest that we kind of wanted to do, but we really don't have time to flush it out because we need to spend time testing and debugging. Mm. Whereas now you can have that storyboard and you can flush out all those different side arcs and everything a lot more because you're not having to spend the time testing and debugging until a little bit later. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're using that to where like, okay, cool. Yeah. We got our story done. Well, we still have all this time that we, you know, we could spend it testing and debugging or we could start developing hats for our microtransaction store. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a bad use of time. That's yeah. a bad use Wait. of content. I'm uh, I'm on the one of the way earlier Mitch and Tim arguments where I would be willing to pay more money for a more complete product when it comes out because I'll give a good example and I'm not trashing this game at all because I actually really like it a lot but Kingdom Come Deliverance when it came out last year I got to a point in that game it was so buggy where I couldn't complete the main quest because the NPC disappeared from the world. <laughs> So I put that game down. I already bought it. I was already past my refund time and I waited a year and now I'm replaying it. And now it's a really good game, but I would have rather paid them 80 bucks <laughs> and said, let them, let them work on a little bit longer, you know, and then play the, yeah. game, the, the game when it came out. 
Does that make sense? I, I don't know. I think that's a different problem. No, I know, though, but I'm, right? I, was, I was saying back to one of your earlier arguments, instead of letting them release like the MVP version of it, I'd rather pick the old Mitch and Tim argument and pay them more money to, to get the game more polished before it comes out. If that makes no, sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm just, yeah. I'm clarifying my stance of I'm okay with patches being that yeah. I'm okay with patches as long as they come in a timely manner. If you're going to ship me a broken game and you're not going to fix it until a year later, yeah. then that's a problem. Well, I don't know when, how long it took him to fix it. I just waited a year. Oh, okay. Well, that's true. Because I, okay. I, when I, when I, the reason I even jumped on it is the DLC was on sale. <laughs> yeah. On God. And, and I do, I, I do agree with that point too, right? Like it, if, a, if, a, if, you know, Todd Howard came out and said, Hey, we're going to do Elder Scrolls six and, it's going to be $80 instead of $60 and you know, it'll come out in 2021 and blah, 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 blah. But it's a live service game and you know, we're going to have a bunch of patches and content for you and everything like that. Okay. I'm that's cool. Provide me the game, make it so that I can play it. Uh, I'll pay a little bit more money if I'm not having to spend, sit there and spend DLC. Cause that's, that's a problem that I have is that I won't pay for DLC. I won't pay for a season pass because I know personally I will play a game when it comes out. You'll quit. And then I'll quit. Yep. <laughs> I won't be around when the DLC comes out to play the DLC, right? And so, you know, by the time DLC comes out and they're asking for 20 bucks to play this this little, you know, side quest, if I have to pay for it, I won't play it. Yeah. But if they came out and said, hey, and this is where I think that live service model works. If they said, Hey, cool. Here's this DLC patch, right? Here's some content patch. And here you go. You know, and then it's like a wow patch. Okay, cool. I'll come back in. I'll play it because I have more content now. And then that opens up to the microtransaction store for the people that are coming back and be like, oh man, I can play, you know, this new dungeon and and Skyrim and and oh, there's a a Dova Keen hat. That's awesome. Okay, that's only five dollars. Okay, I'll get that too. <laughs> I I like the game. I'll support you because that's what it comes down to, right? It's like microtransactions are stupid. Cosmetics are stupid. But if they're giving me the content for free, that makes me okay spending a little bit of money on the cosmetic store because I know I'm supporting the developer so that they can continue bringing me more content. But forcing me to buy the content first, I'm less likely to do it because I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy the content, right? And I probably won't play it. I'm not playing your game right now. Why would I pick it back up and spend $20 when I don't have to? That's why you wait for a sale, baby. But yeah, I get your saying. I don't know. Nobody's implemented it very well. So I have faith. I know you or, do. And hear me out. Here's what we can do. We can accept millions and millions of dollars in donations and never release a game. Oh, you mean like Star Citizen? Yeah, that's a good model too. I want to devote an entire podcast to Star Citizen if you guys are cool with it. I'm cool with it. Mitch? Yeah, I'm down. Because it could be good or bad for us because apparently if you talk about Star Citizen, it's like it's like talking about like Beetlejuice or the devil or, or Biggie Smalls. Here's, here's the and thing, like, and like so, their fans come out of the woodwork to mercilessly like kill you. So here's my only thing: if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about Star Citizen for a whole podcast, and we could totally do it, 
we we all need to re-download Star Citizen. We need to like I'm actually play it. I'm not going to give them my money. I'll watch you, you guys actually play it. Play it because I'll, 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 I will watch you play it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's different than it was. It, it's different than it was last time you played it, Mitch. For sure. Oh, good. Because I absolutely hated it last time I played it. Yeah. And you might hate it again. I don't know. But we should definitely, like, we want to talk about it. Got to play it. Because that's what people... If we're just if we're just uh, sitting there talking shit about it without knowing what we're doing is you know then people get upset at us. We're coming to twenty twenty though. It's anyway. not it's not it's not released, right? No. Okay. No, I think it's it's still considered alpha. <laughs> so that's the king of the live service games. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, but can you call it a live service game if you're not out? Yeah, it's not out yet. It's early access. Early access eternally, alpha. it's like pre alpha 20, in 2033. It'll come out as a live service game, yep, right. No, in 2033, they're gonna be like, Okay, well, you know, we like we've had a lot of fun and we've learned a lot from uh developing this game, but we want to make uh this new game called Earth Mole where you live <laughs> as a mole and you and you build societies. <laughs> inside the earth yeah. because of a apocalyptic world that happened and and you you know you find other earth moles <laughs> and and so it, what we're going to do is we're going to turn off the star citizen servers and nobody can play it anymore yeah. unless they go I mean, through the process of setting up their own server and they can play by themselves flying around in space no yeah i don't even think you get that because they never released the game the game's not even out it's an alpha it's an alpha. Fuck you guys. It oh just it God. just failed and, and never got released. And people have spent so much money on that game. Yeah. Yep. There was like uh, I'm not gonna talk about that. There's there's this post on Reddit about a guy. I'm not gonna say it because it, it was it was really sad. But he was threatening bad things to himself over how much money he spent on this game, and he, it wasn't giving him what he wanted. Oh boy. Yeah. Maybe maybe the the moral of the story is that you shouldn't get so intense about a game because like, it might it might go away, baby. Because it's because it's it could go away. Okay, well, even even those old games, like imagine, like someday there won't be any more PS ones that you can play your game on anymore. It's called emulation, brother. Right, and you know. Maybe they outlaw emulators. That's when I go underground. Uh, they cannot outlaw emulators. Uh, that's another thing. Is that because uh, this was a this was a thing that Sony tried to do? Is that they wanted uh, emulators outlawed, and um, it went up to a court somewhere. I was reading this at some point in time, and they were saying that basically it got ruled that uh, Sony does not own. Like, or especially for the games that they didn't make, right? Like, if it's a Sony-owned game, then okay, whatever. But like for other games, Sony does not own the game. And if a if a different product can come out and read the disc or read the files or whatever and play the game, You're then fucked. <laughs> Sony doesn't have anything against that. So if if you wanted to come out and and we could make like a a a, a GameCube alternative, right? It's called, or a uh, it's called Dolphin. 
Yeah. Or like a GenCast or whatever, Sega Dreamcast, GenCast, Sega Dreamcast, right? And make an alternative for it that reads the discs oh and plays the game. Oh my God, Mitch. So that's why those knockoff brands are allowed to exist. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The ones that let you like, it's like the three in one NES, SNES Genesis thing. You seen yep. that? That's why yep. I always wonder, like, why is that thing allowed to exist? Yep. All it does is play the it. cartridge. Yep. And the the maker of the console does not have any legal repercussions against people playing the loading software. That, yeah. Loading software and playing it. So. Wow. Fuck Sony. Yeah, that'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> So on a lighter note, I'm curious um, at this E3 if Microsoft's first party titles are going to be some of the acquisitions that they bought. And if that, if so, they'll probably be very early footage because th- those acquisitions are very recent. So That's true. How many, Unless how many S's they, were on acquisitions there? Like eight. Eight S's. Yeah. Unless it's stuff that uh, was already in the mix. It's true. Oh, you know what I uh, I forgot to mention? Um, so when we were talking about that, one thing that I'm super excited for is that because Microsoft is like, hey, we want all of our stuff on wherever, that also means Outer Worlds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't forget about that oh. game. You, well, do you think it'll be still Microsoft Store exclusive and Epic, or do you think it'll be on Steam, is that you're saying? I think... I think they might put it on Steam. Oh, God, it, I think it's so great if he's strong right. arm. They're like, nah, sorry, sorry, 2K. We own this yeah. developer now. Here, here's, yeah. here's some money. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Here's some money. Fuck off. <laughs> well, what does everyone think? Should Microsoft give people money to fuck off? <laughs> Epic apparently does, so why make not? Sure, make sure you like or dislike based off of your opinion of that, and also do some comments, maybe. Do some comments, and somebody keep score how often we talk about Epic, because I'm curious <laughs> if this is going to be a thing going forward, because they keep doing stupid shit. Hey, man, <laughs> they're providing us content with the enti- for the entire year. It's great. Yep. Yeah. You just keep being you, Epic. It's fine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, on the YouTube's comment and like or dislike, okay, and then uh, on i iTunes pod when that split thing happen? When's the split thing happen? Uh, I don't know, but iTunes is splitting, and so now it's just Apple Podcasts. Yeah, rate us on Apple Podcasts because <laughs> iTunes is dead as it should it. be. Yeah. I guess follow us on Spotify. I don't. I don't even know our analytics for Spotify. So, are we? We're on iHeartRadio now. We're on right? everything uh, except yep. for Pandora. I haven't filled out Pandora yet. So, are we still banned on Podbeam? We're not banned. We're we're labeled as explicit. Well, go so, sign into your Podbeam account so you can view the explicit content. Yeah, we're there. It's probably because we have potty mouths. Yeah, like me. Yeah. Yep. Fuck them. Fuck them. Oh, yeah. Bye. Fuck them. <laughs> Bye. Fuck them. <laughs>